0: what's up everybody episode number 82 jeff scott canyon in here tonight we don't have the cowboy but we got three out of the four no guests we're just going to go good old-fashioned podcast with the ridge hunter guys i don't know what the heck we're going to talk about we'll get into something episode 82 here we go this is the ridge hunter outdoors podcast You'd think we could get air conditioning in this place.
1: A fan would be nice, anyway.
0: Well, there's crap all over the top of the room, so.
1: Well, shoes of pigeons out.
0: No, not literally. Oh. But okay. There's junk on top of this studio. <laughs> well, we don't want a fan on top of the studio. Well, you got to get it. there somehow. It in. <laughs> on the ceiling, what you're hell. still going to have to do something to hang the fan. It's we can get a box though. fan in here. Well, I'm not sure it's mine. Well. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know whose it is. It has your logo on it. <laughs> where? You're the boss. Yeah. At least you act like it. Well, I did start the
2: thing. <laughs> <laughs> it should be worth something. Well, that's, that's where we're going uh, with Yeah, it. I mean. But I didn't have anything boss, to do with we'd this. we'd like to have a fan. That's Dude, right. We're not, like, we're not like the cowboy. We can't just adjust our temperature. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not sure he does real
0: well. He gets in here, and takes his button-up shirt off, sweating through his white tee, and with his hat off,
1: <sighs> things get serious. It's a uh, quite the sight. Yeah, no. we, yeah can pick on <laughs> we can pick on him. We can pick on him because he's, he's not, not here. here. <laughs> that's right. His <laughs> fault.
0: He's not here to keep us in line. And yep, I gave him crap last time because uh, he was a deacon up there for a while, and uh, he said he hadn't been since January. And Is that said, when he
1: joined us? <laughs> well, I
0: said, oh, did they kick you out for being a part of that secular podcast? <laughs> he said, no, it was his... He decided he didn't want to do it anymore for different reasons. But I figured they probably listened to a few episodes and thought, no, we can't have that. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, you
0: know. I feel like we do a decent job of keeping it within the lines.
1: Yeah, Sometimes just, blurred Sometimes lines. the lines get blurred. That's but, okay. You'll know. you have that on your bigger jobs. That's <clears> happened. <throat> I've... Seen a lot of lines blurred in my day. <laughs> <I bet>. Blurry <laughs> lines. I, I blurred blurry with line. you when the lines were blurred. Yeah, well, you time, know, uh,
2: that was not the smartest thing I've ever done. <laughs> did did you die?
0: No, I did not. All right, then. Should you have died? <laughs> well, that's probably a different story. more than once. Yeah. <clears throat> Good yeah. Lord watched out over us. Yeah, those are stories for another different podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, yeah. <laughs> we are not. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Promoting. Not promoting. Advocating. Advocating. advocating advocating i was gonna, yeah advertising was stuck in my head That's i do this where
1: 25 cent word
0: yeah we're not advocate. advocating for that but like the uh, full draw fridays a lot of happens because i'm by myself a lot of times and then i'll be listening to a podcast or like a radio show and mm-hmm. someone will come up to a word they're trying to say and i'm like this is the word you're trying to say like i've got it and then i come in here and i do the same thing i'm like yeah, well, i cannot think of what i'm trying to say
1: it's the pressure
0: it is yeah it's, yeah we haven't been doing this for very long. Kind of like crock pot. Is that what it is? <laughs> yeah,
1: under pressure. Oh, where not you get that sigh? I don't know. I thought that
0: was a like a a pressure cooker. Oh, oh. what do they call those Instapot. Pot? Insta- they're going broke.
1: Yeah, well, I don't that? have one of those. Who?
2: Uh, the Insta companies filed bankruptcy.
0: Why is that? I did they go woke? Jeff, that's, that's what I, I was going to say. I, well,
2: I don't know. I, not that I know of.
1: Huh.
0: Well, oh, well, we got one it makes good food. Yeah. That's where a lot of that good food we get during deer season comes from. Actually, agreed. The oh, the one Rodney I can't pry
1: the lid off of. So yeah. Okay, that one. That one. It's Cri- got a yeah.
2: safety feature on it for like kids under six.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm just saying. After skinning deer for twelve, fifteen <laughs> hours, you know, when you got to twist and turn and pull, and that's just too much. If problem. my
0: mind's still working at a six-year-old capacity, I'm doing good. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I saw that you'd posted a video, and I didn't get a chance to watch all of it, but uh, I did. Oh, well, you shared one. It wasn't me. It was a video from Deer and Deer Hunting. Yes. About, like, a kind of a smorgasbord approach to your plots. Mm-hmm. Which I didn't is, get a chance to watch it yet, but. Um,
1: golly, I'm drawing a blank. Steve, something or other? No. I'd look it up on my phone, but it'd make a bunch of noise, and you wouldn't like that. That's all right. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: Dead Air is much, much Yeah,
1: better, what dead. was his name?
0: <laughs> the guy that posted that? Or the guy that was talking the on there? The guy
1: that was talking on it. Oh, well, if you um, asked,
0: I could have looked it up.
1: Well, I'll look it up real quick. Well,
0: we can't play it because we might no, get I'm copyright in trouble. Yeah,
1: I'm not going to play it. I can go on my profile and see what. Yeah. Steve Bartella. Steve Bartella. Yes. Yeah. Which he's been with Deer and Deer, or Deer and Deer Hunting for quite a while. Yeah,
0: okay. Without... Playing this, I'll read what the post says. It says Steve Bartello shows us how to create gourmet buffet for deer, maximizing their attraction and increasing your chances of a successful hunt. This was a season nine, episode 12, I guess of their mm-hmm. deer and deer hunting show, I guess. Anyway, what was it talking about?
1: What he was talking about is what I've been trying to do in practice on my food plot there, especially there at the house is that you want a smorgasbord of, uh, food for the deer wherever they want it. So like one day, you know, during deer season, the fall and winter seasons, the deer might want greens one day, they might want grains the next. Mm -hmm. So there's days that uh, the deer might want corn and they won't want the clover or the brassicas, and there's days that they might want the clover and brassicas and won't want the corn. So you want to give them that variety so that way you keep the deer coming to your specific location Mm -hmm. also what he was talking about was the what he called the snake trails where you have this long narrow trail through the woods or whatever of uh food plots well what he was trying to get people away from was that you know the deer might come to it especially the does and younger deer but the bucks ain't going to follow that food around to your deer stand. Mm-hmm. They're just going to hit it wherever they go. where they happen it. to cross yeah, it. Yeah, and cross it and go on. He said, so whenever you're wanting to do the, what he suggested was doing the grains and the the greens, mixing them together but having the transition zone between, mm-hmm. and then you set up your stand or blind or whatever on that transition zone mm-hmm. and catch them either. They're either going to go to the greens or they're gonna to go to the grains, one mm-hmm. or two. With my setup there at the house, even though it's not a technically a hunting plot. Right. You know, we got the greens in the middle and then we put the grains around it. Mm-hmm. And it seems like it works and it's what I've been talking to. You wanna give them something all winter long. Mm-hmm. You wanna give them options, whether they want the greens and if the greens go away during the late winter months, they still have the options of the grain. Mm-hmm. That way they stay on your property. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. That's uh, we've talked about it before. And it, like what he's talking about, having that transition zone will work similarly because you could efficient. I mean, you could effectively hunt both plots kind of at the same time.
1: Yeah. If I wasn't, if I didn't have my plot was forced to have my plot where it's at.
0: Well, what I'm getting you know, at but, though is like, even to do it the way that you've got it going, I think is good because, uh, Again, we talked about before. Like, if you have corn on this side of your farm and beans on this side, and you have brassicas over here and you have a clover plot over here, now, like to his point, if they want corn one day and you're sitting your brassica plot, well, then you've just minimized your chances of hunting. Yeah, if you but, have your stuff together, if you have your stuff in the same plot, and I do think there's a hierarchy to it. Like if you're if you only have so much room, go with like the grain or the greens and the clover, and then if you have that established, you can move into your grains and then put them like what he's talking about together where that way if whatever they're feeling that's where they're going to come and be in your plot and if you have multiple plots i think a lot of times it's beneficial aside from like the small plots in the woods where you need something real shade tolerant uh like for example down in nate's sprout patch where it stays real wet and it doesn't get a lot of sunlight that uh inner sanctum blend works really good so it's a little bit different from what else what he's got in other places but it's similar enough that you're not drawing the deer I think it's important to have consistency within your plots. Even if I have one plot on this side of the farm and another plot on the complete opposite side of the farm, at least they're the same thing. So I'm, you know, at least have some kind of consistent travel from the deer. And it ain't know, it's not always going to work. Right. But, and that's kind of what I wanted to, if I had anything to get into, it was that, that there's nuance to everything. I say everything. There's some hard and fast things, especially depending on where you're at in the country. But... Most things in hunting and life in general, but especially in the hunting world, there's nuance to everything and there's not hard, fast rules, right? like you, you have to do this, you have to do this. And there's so much of that, that I think you see on social media and the TV shows that do do it, that you have to do it this way in order to have success. You have to use this product. And I think that gets to the root of it is it's, it's really driven by people trying to sell stuff, Mm -hmm. but. Yeah, that might be. It might be a good idea to do what we're talking about in places. Other places, it might not work as well. Or there may be other situations again where you have this little micro plot and you just want to do clover and right. not have a smorgasbord. That's going to work better for whatever spot you know. Right, but if, it's you, got, just, uh, if you
1: got the acre sport, yeah, and, and you know the. Um, Whatever I'm trying to say, the word that escapes me. Yeah, it's escaping me too. Cause I... <laughs> but you know, if you have the acres, and now I can't think of everything for you. <laughs> well, you should. Well, okay, you have for thirty some years. <laughs> but you know, if you have the acres and the the habitat and stuff for it, well, then that's kind of a better way to go, where you can focus them all into one spot, like mine's a three and a half or three acre plot Mm -hmm. if it wasn't right next to the road if it was off somewhere in the middle of a 200 acre feet or timber and i had like the place we used to hunt had that eight acre patch isolated back away from everywhere yeah man that would be ideal yeah that would be i I, there's no way you couldn't kill a deer off that (laughs) no way i know I know. You know, and we tried to talk the landowner in doing that, and he told us we was crazy. Yeah, right. And he put it in the fescue and let it grow up in saplings, and there you go. Right. but It's still an eight-acre patch. It's still an eight-acre patch that the state pays him to let grow up in fescue and saplings, and he mows it down once a year. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, if, if a guy had a setup like that versus mine, you know, because mm-hmm. mine's, mine's more of a feeding plot versus a hunting plot. But still, I mean, that would just be, man, that'd be gravy right there. And that's
0: where the nuance comes in, I think. Yeah. You can't take a, well, shoot, we say it all the time when we talk about Grandpa Ray's, and we're in the same <laughs> way. I think you, there's no, like, cookie cutter
1: No, there's to no it. cookie cutter.
0: Because every rage. property's different, every situation's that's different. Right. Heck, deer herds are different. And then you talk about going from, like, Minnesota, Wisconsin, down to Georgia, mm-hmm. you know, those deer, South Texas. They're not the same,
1: and a lot of it is just uh, trial and error. It is. I mean, that's all it is. Mm-hmm. You know, every year that we go into this, every every time we plant, even on my s- spot, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know what to expect. I know what I hope for, right? But I don't know what the, deer's gonna do, what the deer is going to do. Think
2: the deer in Georgia have a southern accent whenever they wheeze and snort?
0: Probably imagine it's more like y'all appreciate you we'll have to talk to old alex about that next time yeah. we talk i don't know I have to ask him just he's hunting both no but there's definitely a difference i think even uh well the climate the weather geographic has a lot to do with it obviously but because we go into and we talk a lot about this is kind of the reason for the podcast about what we think works and what the best things for the certain situations and we try to explain what situation we're talking about as much as possible. But we don't have it all figured out. Nobody does. No. And there's no one thing that's going to work all the time. It's not like, I mean, there are certain things. So, like, if that buck gets downwind of you and he's not hot on a dough, you're probably done. Mm-hmm. I mean, if he's within range of smelling you downwind, you want to keep the wind in your favor. Now, even that, though, Alex told me down south, uh, where the wind plays and swirls on them, you can't hunt the wind. Right. But, like, for us in the Midwest, I mean, I think that's an absolute you have to do at least to consistently kill big deer. Now, if you're going to run into one and get lucky every now and then, or you're in the rut and you one's so hard up for some doe he's after, he might not even look your way when he mm-hmm. goes down wind of you. But, like, that's, to me, kind of a hard and fast rule that you got to play the wind to be good at it normally, but there's not very many of those.
1: 99% of it is being at the right place at the right time. Mm-hmm. Now, you can... Up your advantage with food plots and...
0: Right. There's different ways to get to the right place at the right time. But
1: you still have to be at the right place at the right time. There's no
0: guarantees. Nope. None. And that's been a pretty common theme even with the guys that we've talked to, the guests we've had on, is you can do everything right and everything like you're supposed to, but you still got to have a little bit of luck involved. And we've talked to some freaking killers on the podcast, like guys that have just, I mean, got walls full of... Yep. Really nice deer, and it's still you know it's pretty much a similar, similar song when it comes to killing these things. Is mm-hmm. these there are the absolutes that you want to, that you got to do, and then there's a whole lot of that in the middle stuff, the nuanced stuff. There's and then, a lot of variables, and then there's luck at the very end of that. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I think it was Austin that said he believes you create your own luck, which I believe too. Right. I mean, you can like I said, it, you got to put yourself in the right situation, like you're saying you can do these certain things to increase your chances but at the end of the day it's still you still have to get lucky yep. to some extent
1: yep so and don't be afraid to experiment right you know just i mean there's no set guarantee that this is what you got to do to uh, reach this goal you know you just got to and every year's different
0: yeah me and Nate talked to Clint about that last podcast is like go out there and do something a little different. And I Mm -hmm. think we talked about it too when we covered his article on still hunting. We talked
2: talked about, uh, like you said, you got to be out there at the right time, right place. So maybe you want to go, but you don't, it's not the right time for your right place, Mm -hmm. right? And so that's when you might try to do something different instead of burning out that stand or Mm -hmm. screwing up that wind, you know, when the wind's not in your favor or whatever, thermals, whatever you're you're looking for, Mm -hmm. or maybe all of it combined go out that's the time to go out there and try something different and that's when you may get lucky uh, but you do i think you're right you do make your own luck um, take advantage of those variables you're still educate yourself on those variables and that
0: will help you in your luck those few absolutes you're still following them but you're getting out there and doing something different Take, take nate's last season for example had he had you know 100 days to hunt he didn't necessarily have a deer on his farm that he wanted to shoot he had the biggest one in his scope in gun season, just decided not to shoot him because he's four and a half and not big enough. Mm-hmm. So that would have been a situation where if he had a lot of days to hunt and he wanted to go, that's a perfect scenario to go hunt some public ground, go do a different type of hunting, even on your private ground or a permission ground, just get out there, do a hanging hunt, try to stalk, try to still hunt, do something different. It keeps you engaged. I think it keeps you sharp, makes you a better hunter. But then, like you said, you might get lucky. It's I,
1: just like last year, remember when I made that set up in the, yeah. Just in my chair and I'm standing corn. Mm-hmm You know, the signs was there, everything looked good. I didn't have nothing to lose. What was I gonna do? Not shoot a deer? Exactly. You know. Right. And yeah. I didn't not get blown out by a doe? Yeah, you know. Right. And I didn't, but I had but I tried. I tried something different. It could is fifty fifty. It, it could have went either way. It just happened to not go the way I wanted it to, but that's pretty much been my life story. So. Yeah, right. <laughs>
0: that's, like, there's a certain spot that I can hunt that I don't hunt much, but it's a place where I know that on the right day, a buck might, a shooter buck might be bedded in there. And if I don't have anywhere to go for the wind, or it's just not a great day, and i the wind is pretty steady out of one direction or the other, actually out of three different directions, it could be south, as long as it's not out of the north, basically. I can go in there and still hunt that woods. And I've, had it been mature deer... Two different times, like I feel like I could have got a shot off at a, a nice buck. Uh, the one time it was a three and a half year old deer, and the other time it wasn't even that big. But betted where had it been a four and a half, five and a half year old deer that I wanted to shoot, it's just another opportunity. And like you said, you got nothing to lose.
1: Right. I don't
0: hunt there that much anyway, especially if you're talking like public ground. Mm-hmm. If you have a, if you have a, even if you don't have a private ground that you can hunt or permission ground, on public ground, if you're only hunting public ground. What do you got to lose? Right. You know, you go in there and you booker up a spot, there's thousands of more acres of public ground that you can go find somewhere where the deer are. Yep. And that's something that the public guys that we've talked to, which has been a bunch, the guys that hunt public ground, is go out there and find the sign, you know. if you, So even if you do mess up one spot, you got these thousands of acres to go. As long as you can find another place that has relevant sign or recent sign, then you're still you still have a place to go hunt. So you don't really have that much to lose. Even if you are just a public land hunter. Right. It's not like you go to your like at the cabin, for example, if I go in there and screw that up on a buck, particularly the one I'm gonna be hunting this year that I hunted last year, if I blow him out of there, he's just he's gone. Mm. I mean, he could move three hundred, four hundred yards off his natural travel corridor and I would never see him again. Yep. So it's not like it's not like you're in that situation if you're on public ground or, or if you're taking these risks on some ground that you don't normally hunt. you can go out there and be a little more risky and give yourself a little bit more chance at the being in the right place at the right time no. by doing different things and I do think it keeps you a little more interested engaged in all that but
1: that and then there's a learning curve to to you know you get outside the norm what you're taught to do and this is the way you're supposed to do it you might find something out new exactly yeah Mm -hmm. something that works at that particular spot or or works for you you know so or in a certain situation or things that
0: don't work too yeah you know and then again you haven't lost anything no as long as it's not you're not doing this stuff on your target buck you know in your best location Mm -hmm. but
1: and that's what i like about that a place that I hunt down south, Mm -hmm. you know, I go there expecting that this is where I'm going to kill my meat deer. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's where I, that's just what I expect. But I also experiment with different, stuff locations went you know it's always a learning turkey process. permits turkey permits <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. you know <laughs> you yeah. know don't yeah. buy one one year turkey's beating you to death right. next year you buy one there's none to be seen All right but you know not very many on even even camera that year I think. no no it's don't
2: buy one this year i won't i'll get one
1: you get one no, no way i tag kill, on. It. no no
2: no 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 <laughs> No. We wouldn't. No. No. <clears throat> no. Sorry. will kill. Back to that advocating <laughs> word that I was talking about earlier. That's it. 15 cent word. Yeah. I'll kill the turkey and they'll just, you'll have fooled them because you didn't buy one. And I'll neek up on them. Is that how
0: it yeah. works? Okay. Yeah.
1: yeah. O-I-T. We'll try that plan. Yeah. See how Old Indian it works trick. out for us. And right. we'll see how that works out for us this yeah. year.
0: And you can go, you can still go down there and get your meat and it'll be all the same.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yep.
0: <But. laughs> or whatever you said.
1: Whatever. Yeah. Close enough. Yeah. Same as. Yeah. But, but yeah, that's
0: a spot where you can go and try something a little different. Yeah,
1: I can go outside the norm, outside what the quote unquote boundaries are or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, to deer hunting and and I really I really enjoy going down there and of course I gotta stand there and there's a few things I wanna do this year. I wanna try down there this year. Uh, I think what's intriguing to Special. me about that spot,
2: you never know what somebody's going to bump off that public ground. Right? You never know. You yep. might mm-hmm. got, you know, how many times have you seen deer on your cameras, never seen them before, right. never seen them again. Yep. Or how many times have you sat there and seen deer
0: that weren't on your cameras? Mm-hmm. And, you know, people are in and out of that. And I think it's a spot there too, even with along that, where it's at, that natural travel corridor. But especially in November, you might, you get random bucks through there. Checking for doughs because yeah, you know if I, in there. if
1: I had the freedom to be there during the rut. But well, <laughs> you do. Yeah, okay. <laughs> then I have to hear about it.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think that's what intrigues me about it is this is one of them spots. I mean, most of the other spots that we go, you know, within reason – what's there you've scouted it there's cameras you've been we've been doing it for two three years or 10 whatever it is and Mm -hmm. you kind of you kind of know but down there you just don't know no you have no idea it might not be nothing or it might be the biggest thing you've seen this year
0: which is another thing about going and hunting the time i went down there with you guys and hunted that public spot or just hunting somewhere different that you don't hunt much is instead of getting burnt out Again, I, I keep going back to Nate's because that's just a really good example of you. He knows what's there. Mm-hmm. He's been hunting it forever. He's runs cameras on it. He knows where the deer move. He knows where to put a camera to put to set cameras to know what's on his property. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't mean there couldn't be a random one move through in November because that always happens. I mean, a lot of times it happens. But in that situation, he's sitting there, and basically he knows what's probably going to come by. He's sitting and thinking, okay, if it comes by, Maybe it's bigger than I thought it was. Mm-hmm. And that's the best you can hope for. If you go hunt some piece of public ground, who there might be a 200-inch deer running around in there. It's
1: the anticipation of the unknown. Yep. I mean, really, that's what it boils down to down there.
0: Which is why I, some guys don't run cameras at yeah. all. I prefer the benefits of having them and knowing what's there and knowing their patterns as a, as opposed to the benefit of not knowing what's there and having that anticipation. Whenever
1: I hunt down there, I'll run my cameras. I still like to know what is there regularly. Right. So that yeah. way I know what to target. Yeah. You know, but you still don't know what's going to, what might just happen to show up.
0: And it's a situation where if you have other places to hunt, uh, like Steve Shirk was talking about with mm-hmm. uh, however many cameras he runs. Do you remember the number he said? It was, yeah, it was something outrageous. Yeah, it was crazy. But There's He, a lot more he does two. He does <laughs> guiding service too. So hundred. Yeah. Yeah. I I think it, it might is. have been like. I think like, it was upwards of 200 or something. Something close, close to, to 200. It was, it was crazy. Anyways. I, I could be. He runs all these cameras because he's uh, not hunting on purpose. tens of thousands or thousands of acres of timber. Right. Mm-hmm. And he's guiding guys hunting out there too. So he needs to know okay, yes, there might be, might be something that comes through here mm-hmm. uh, occasionally or a random buck. But I need to know where my best chance is to see a buck where he's moving through more consistently. So I can more efficiently and effectively hunt and spend my time. I'm not wasting time out here where something might come by when I've got a hundred and fifty inch five year old that's coming through three times a week. Right. You know. That I think that is that benefit alone of having cameras outweighs the benefit of not knowing and having that anticipation. Right. And you still you still do have that. And I had the similar thing at the cabin. Every year since I've ran cameras out there. I've had new bucks show up, at least one new buck. And last year I didn't get a picture of him. Well, I got a picture of him as the day I shot him. Uh, I'll have at least one new buck that comes through there in the rut. And he might stay for a week. He might stay for two weeks. He might come in and go out and leave. Mm -hmm. So I still have that. There still is that possibility, even running cameras and knowing what's there regularly.
1: Well, even just to get away from the public ground aspect of it where I hunt some at Let's just look at the pictures and stuff that we have seen there at my house. You know, it's twenty it's a twenty acre woodlot. And look at the different bugs that we had on camera that we never saw when we was hunting. No. You know. No, they're just passing through. They're just passing through. And so you know, you go in there with the mindset that I don't really know what I'm gonna see, what's gonna come off the creek or out of the thicket Mm -hmm. or whatever and come through here. But, you know, today might be the day. Today might be the day. Yep. And of course, and you know, well, wherever I hunt that there behind the house, I pay more attention to the wind. I pay more attention to what I'm doing because, you know, I've got the does and all that mm-hmm. stuff going on in there. And I don't want to blow them out and get mm-hmm. them where they know exactly where I'm at. Well,
2: they pretty near do anyway. <laughs> yeah. Most but, of There's one in there. I guarantee you, she'll know where you're at.
1: Yeah. Well, That's just, no, she ain't never busted me. Not in the, not in my woods. That I well, let's the see. one on the creek has busted me a few times.
0: <laughs> if there's an old doe, she's gonna bust you, Jeff. That's <laughs> just the way it is. I so in the last two years, I think I've hunted back there twice, probably. But <laughs> yeah, before yeah, that, so twenty, I think I've probably started in eighteen hunting back there is when we started putting that food plot. Mm-hmm. So eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, four years, I had shots at i shot that one big old buck that we ended up having pictures of later Mm -hmm. the big eight point and then missed that 140s nine point that was in there the other time so two out of four years i had chances in there at one just because i was in there again we weren't blowing deer out of there we're hunting it smart and i just had. i was at there at the right time it was it was that day right you know and one of them was completely random the one that i shot that came back later we didn't find was it was like 70 degrees the reason I went there that there was day no was, reason for him to be there. No, that day. at four thirty in the afternoon, even yeah. in that clover plot. I mean, he was just—I don't know what the deal was. He'd
1: come off the creek and was headed to the thicket, and he bedded down there, and
0: yeah, I mean, it just completely random. Yep. And then the, the second time he was in there, he was with does. That yeah. made more sense. Yeah. But I mean, you just—you never know, and it's a situation there where I was just going there because it's close to the house, and it was a warm day, so I didn't really want to go to the cabin. It wasn't a great day, you know, hunting-wise. So I thought, well, this is a place where maybe one will come by. I'll go try it. And sure enough, he's standing there in a clover plot as I'm walking into the stand. Yeah. But, I mean, there's always that. But that's, to the greater conversation, that's where that nuance comes in of, okay, just because I did this thing that the guy told me to on Instagram and used his product doesn't mean it's going to work in a certain situation. And if I it might work if I don't use it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I might, even if I'm not setting up my property this is the way that he's telling everybody to set up properties or using this product that they're pushing, you still have a chance at them. Yeah. Are I you mean, insinuating just, that everything on the internet is not true? I am insinuating There's that. There's too many variables. No, no. <laughs> I'm not saying everything on the internet is not true. I am saying that because it's on the internet doesn't mean it's true. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that, that's more what I'm getting at.
1: Good Lord. Well, it's not true for every situation. At least that. And
0: that's where I like the guys that we've talked to, and like Austin comes to mind because he does similar stuff to what we do, uh, talking to Alex, talking to Clint, talking to Steve, Mm -hmm. all these guys, and I'm leaving some out. Talking to Uncle Jeff. Yeah, and Easton. They're not saying things that are hard and fast, like, okay, this is what you got to do. It's going to work every time. If you want to kill a mature buck, you have to use this product that we're selling mm-hmm. you got to do it the way that we're doing it you on gotta, our show
1: you gotta sow
0: this seed it's and, hey here's yeah. what I do in this situation and it it's worked for me before and, yeah and I think this is the best way to do it yeah. because of this this and this yeah. N- for this situation not you know here's what you got to do because I said so
1: yeah I am excited though I, I really want to try this especially down there um <clears throat> next to that public ground about uh, what Easton and his dad had come up with with the mock rubs. Yeah, the uh, and post. Oh, man, I want to try that so bad. And I think that would be the prime place to try that because, you know, we don't know what comes and goes through there. No. But if we get them to come and go through there using, you know, using their tactic, well, that's going to up, up the odds. Mm-hmm. Now, whether it works or not, I don't know. It's a good place to experiment. With. I haven't tried it. Right. right. But I can try it there, and if it does work, great. If it don't work, well, I ain't lost nothing you except know, you know, a few dollars in their product. Yep.
0: To me, that's a similar thing to like our the sprays that we use and stuff for doing your mock scrapes. <laughs> it's not something that's going to be like a food plot, like just a set of tractant, mm-hmm. but it's more of like a movement sweetener, I guess you could call it, where yep. if he's moving through here – Maybe you pull he him over, over here. and then he starts moving that way more often. Yeah, and he hits that thing. It's not like you're going to pull him because he found the food one time and he's coming keeps coming back from somewhere he completely wasn't. No, it doesn't we're, have we're, that we're, same attraction. Right. But I think it definitely could could move them through an area in a location that you'll be able to shoot them, mm-hmm. get a picture of them, whatever, more often. Right, like same thing with the mock scrapes. Yeah. It's not like a, an attractant. Water holes, kind of a similar way. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's not a big pond or something, it's just a reason for them to, to be where you need them to be when yep. you're yep. there. At least that's, that's kind of my thought on it.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, and if you can get them to habitually come there, yeah, and that's the idea. Yeah. You know, well, then, then just get them to move chances. through there more often. Yeah. Yep. And like I said, there, habitually. there again, you you experiment. You we're gonna, run out, a, we're gonna run out
0: of change for these words you guys are using. <laughs> I've only used one. <laughs>
1: well I But I mean you experiment, you try new things. If they work, they work. If they don't, they don't. Right. But you know That's if, how you learn. if they don't work, you haven't really lost much but maybe a little bit of time and some few dollars, you know. But mm-hmm. and I think there the are dollar things ain't that... worth nothing anymore anyway, so what <laughs> <Right>. the hell. <laughs> I think
0: there are things that you you can Almost take to the bank that are going to work. Right. If, if you don't have food in your area and you put in a good food plot, deer are going to come to it. Right. That doesn't mean that a ton of mature bucks are going to come to it. If there's none in the area, there's none in the area. Right. But deer are going to feed in that food plot because you don't have food around. Mm-hmm. If you don't have any water to speak of, if you put water there for them, as long as they find it, they're going to come use it. hmm but like what you're saying, there may be some tactics and stuff that we read about in a magazine, or you talk to some, hear somebody on a podcast talking about it, uh, like us. Now I'm not talking about anybody else, of course. But you go try it, and then okay, either it did work or it didn't work, and that's how you learn. Right. Not you know what works for your situation in your deer herd. Yeah. Speaking of water and your location a, in the country. On a serious note, what do you do? You think I haven't been serious this whole time? i was I'm looking at. Serious. I was looking at Jeff. Oh, I okay. Said, hey, okay. I, I'll this give you is that. a
1: serious face. <laughs> well, yeah. It's yeah. Okay. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> something.
2: <laughs> at any rate, speaking of water, on a serious note, in so, where we're at in the Midwest, how especially where we're at, when how many places do you think that there's not water
0: close enough? I mean,
1: just, uh, Slim to none.
2: Yeah. I mean, if there's water. On
0: there's a every 80 or, acres, or I think it does depend on the year, too. I think if you would have talked about last into last summer, there were definitely places I think where there wasn't a ton of water because a lot of those creeks, you know, dry up. We don't, I, I
1: don't know, the creek behind my house never goes
2: dry. There's Wait. spots in those creeks that aren't going to dry up, and in our area, they're all spring fed, even in the
0: middle of summer. Yeah,
2: they're not running, but they're if not that as full cool the, as they were, but,
1: but there's still water there.
0: But if we didn't have Uh, times where there wasn't good water everywhere, we wouldn't have the EHD outbreaks that we have occasionally. But they're drinking that
2: water. Mm. There's
1: water to drink. But not not very much. No, it may not be But it doesn't have to do with the water. It has to do with the... the, uh, Well, potentially. Oh. The the, midge is in the the water. midge is in the water.
0: But what happens is that they, they all go to the same water hole, which is why it becomes widespread, but they get into that mud and stuff. That you see when the water goes down in those ponds and whatever—that's where those those live.
1: In 2012, when we had the big EHD outbreak, and it wiped out
0: a bunch. I'd say
1: right here in our area, I'd say it wiped out at least 75 percent of the herd. Hundreds of bucks, literally. Yeah, bucks and does. I mean, you couldn't drive down the levee where we farmed at without smelling dead deer everywhere. Mm-hmm. Is I mean, it's just awful. Well, a lot of that, it wasn't because of the creek, river, whatever you want to call it. It was because of the old cutoffs, mm-hmm. what we call sloughs. Psst, sloughs. Pst, yeah. You know. Into your mic. <laughs> it was because the old cutoff, the old cutoffs and sloughs had dried up. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a little bit of water in there, but there's a lot of that mud, and that's where the midges attracted I that to. that somewhere. Yeah. And so, I mean, it hasn't, it's not because of like the creeks and the rivers and stuff like that. It's because you have the places like that where stagnant water, nothing mm-hmm. new coming into it, and it dries up, and then the mud and, and you know, mm-hmm. things go on and happen like they do. And that's where a lot of our kill around this area came from.
0: And I think it depends on the deer, too, because you talk from one deer to another.
1: You talk from one deer to another. They not, talk,
0: Not to one deer. <laughs> that's what you if said. You're, if you're talking from one deer to another, is what I said. Oh. Yeah. One of them might have a home range of 200 acres. Another one might have a home range of however many square miles. If there's no water in his 200 acres, then the, for him, there's not any water. He's going to have to expand point. that to I'm, find I'm water. I'm guessing how many places and in,
2: in where we're at can you not find water on 200 acres? Right. Mm. Ser- seriously. I mean, that's... And that just kind of goes back to reverting to trying to use something as an attractant. I'm not sure water is something that you really want to mess with much because most of it's... No, I wouldn't say it's an attractant for sure. Most of it in this area is plentiful enough that they can get a drink in their
0: range, whether it's 200 acres or, you know, five square mile. You don't have to get very far north, though, I wouldn't think, away from the river system. To find two hundred acres that didn't have water on well, it, I ain't going very far north anyway. Well, the, some people listen to this <laughs> podcast. I'd go might. north
1: <laughs> if I had to. <laughs> <laughs> it's cold up there. No, I
0: get you're. I think you're right. If you're going to spend, unless it's a situation where you can get on a a map, and there's you can't see any water, and you know your neighbors don't have ponds, and there's no wet creek system or no river around, then you might look at water. Right. But that's mm-hmm. definitely not the first thing I'm looking at when it comes to no. uh, mm-hmm. habitat improvement for deer. You know, I'm gonna food and cover. I think are the first two, and then you go to water. But like you said, a lot of places are gonna have water somewhere at least close enough, anyway. With the well, if they didn't have the deer, wouldn't be there in the first
1: place. Yeah, they don't wear their
0: water supply. Right. <laughs> yeah, they have to. Yeah. But that's the thing, though. If if they didn't have the deer, wouldn't be there in the first place. Well, you're Where all be- the watering holes were. If yeah. you're trying to get deer there and you don't have water, that's that kind of makes the point, though. Right. But, and yeah. Even I, when I'm they sure.
1: dried up, we didn't die of midges.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, we didn't share much, either. <laughs> no, that's a good
0: thing. there <laughs> have been a lot more than EHD going around. I have, my, I have morals,
1: you know. Well, <laughs> name one.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's... I thought about talking to that, but I mean, we may do a podcast on it later in the summer. Um actually Morals? it would Yeah, that too. <laughs> We're have to leave some of us out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'll get Nate in here for that one. There you He'd be the only one qualified <laughs> for that discussion. We've got standards. Yeah, sure. So <laughs> high or not, it remains to be seen. But Depends on where you set the bar. I, mm. I thought about doing a podcast. Use a
1: product of one of them, so
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it would probably be a, a Friday episode. But talking a pretty about high bar, like yeah. the EHD difference in that, and like the CWD and stuff. Because I think there's a lot of people who don't re- completely understand the EHD. Because, and you hear it referred to as the deer flu or blue tongue or EHD, and the EHD is a it's a type of hemorrhagic disease mm-hmm. yeah They're like there's different ones but deer i think some it's people not, probably think that they they can't live through that but or we don't have it all the time but at least on some level ehd happens every year and especially yeah. in the south and southeast where it gets real dry they have ehd outbreaks if you want to call them that to some extent every year and actually if a deer has EHD and lives through it, then they built their immune system. Oh God, let's not get into herd immunity. Well, I'm not talking about herds yet. <laughs> I'm trying to get this canceled, but they they just actually have a better chance of living through they'll it. They'll be next wanting
1: time. to give them a shot. <laughs> give
0: them the deer. A <laughs> then shot. Then they'll
1: die of heart attacks in four years. <laughs> they'll have Travis <laughs> <laughs> It
0: will really wipe out the deer herd. Yeah. <laughs> Oh Spotify's gonna flag us for misinformation on <laughs> no, EHD and Dr. Flag
1: McDermott'll be out and whatever else. McDermott. <laughs> well, whatever that Moderna, McDermott, <laughs> McDermott whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, Close enough. Yeah. You know why I'm going with it. Well the McDermott. <laughs> yeah, I think the
0: McDermott one's the one that gives you travismanitis. <laughs> I think that's right. <laughs> Travis <laughs> Yeah.
1: <laughs> or whatever. Or you know, s su- similar to that anyway. You know. Yeah, Close. but similar to that,
0: I think there's a lot of misinformation about. Uh, <coughs> the hell you, oh, you think <laughs> the EHD and the CWD, not, among other things. So I think it would be. I think as we get later in the summer, when that stuff starts to happen a little more, because every year you see on Facebook, people are like, "Oh my gosh, we're having an EHD outbreak! I found a dead deer by the water." Okay, it kills. It literally kills deer every year. It that it happens. Those midges get in those water holes and those mud and some deer are gonna come down with it and die.
1: But EHD is not uh transferable from one deer to another.
0: Right. And they they don't always die from it. No. Like they where C W D that's a death sentence for they, a deer. Yes. There's no cure for it. They have there's not a ton of research on it.
1: And it is transferable from one yeah. deer to
3: another.
0: Which is why Illinois saliva and Illinois doesn't allow you to bait that their
2: reasoning is because right. they don't want deer Feeding off the same food,
1: yeah,
0: yeah, which gets me because the, the two biggest ways that the CWD not is not that they don't naturally, but you know, <laughs> well, what would why would you think that? Yeah, I just guess they don't share food, oh, they're civilized, are they? <laughs> yeah, well, maybe in the mind of some politicians, <laughs> but the actually, the two biggest. Monogamous too, ain't they? Something like that. Yeah, There's another fifteen cents. I know. I'm out of change, I and mean, <laughs> we're gonna have to get a loan for the rest of this podcast. <laughs> the two biggest ways that spreads that are well, one of them is illegal well, across state lines is the reason you have to skin out the heads because of the, any of the spinal cord uh, material or the brain matter and all that. Uh, that's one of the biggest ways that CWD spreads. And then the other one is deer farms because they yeah. load these deer up. And if one becomes infected with it, they take it. Uh, I saw a map of one where these deer had traveled in trailers and they're infecting deer, every deer they come in contact with, potentially Mm -hmm. wild deer that they're coming in contact with around the fences and whatnot. And they're going all over the Midwest and spreading CWD, which that's totally legal though. Yeah. I mean, and that's a lucrative business, which is probably why it's legal. There's money in it. And they can tax the crap out of it. I'm sure. Follow Mm -hmm. the money. Yeah. Yep. but we can't put out minerals to help the potentially help the health of our deer uh, because we might they might transfer CWD through their saliva. That's, right. That's uh,
2: whether we agree with it or not. That's the theory of the state
0: of wherever you're at. I'm not <coughs> saying that that might be a little bit.
2: Um, I'm, I'm sure that's the case. I'm sure if there's a CWD deer. That's spitting up minerals, you know. And the next yeah, but one I'm comes just, along. That's probably, <laughs> spits up minerals. <laughs> that's probably what's slobbers all over. Whatever you, want, whatever term you'd like to use, Mister Fry. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I was being nice. But, but what, if one yeah. of
0: the, if still we're allowing one, of, if we're still allowing deer farms and moving deer all over the country, why can we not give minerals?
2: What's the difference in that? And hmm. a farmer runs a a grain cart over at the corner of his field mm-hmm. because he doesn't he want to make just one more round right and then a infected deer eats out of that corn pile and then another one comes along same thing
1: well that was a food plot
2: or eating off the same ear of corn even standing corn there's a whole lot more corn <laughs> in the end of the field because the farmer want to make one more round than there is mineral <laughs>
0: yeah and there's no benefit to that corn lane on the end of the field there's a
1: lot of variables there. Um,
0: you know, the, I mean on the farmer part or the mineral part well, yeah on, on the farmer part, <laughs> but. I got a variable right here <laughs> might have something to do with it occasionally i I mean only when they open the door
1: to be to be fall in. N- <laughs> to be um blunt, candid, candid. That's thank you. I
0: told you guys, I'm out of flipping change. We got no
1: more. <laughs> now that's not a fifteen cent word. No, that's at least ten though, and I'm out fart. of dimes. <laughs> to be candid though, whatever state you're work or living in, hunting in, even here in Illinois, whether we agree with their guidelines or not, and think that they're full of nonsense, which Illinois is a democratic state, so there you go. But yeah. you know, <laughs> tends to be full of nonsense. Uh, yeah. So, but where's you know, that bleep button at? <laughs> We're going to get canceled. <laughs> you still have to follow the guidelines. Uh, you whether got, you, it makes yeah, sense It doesn't not. matter whether you believe in it or not. The nope. law's the law. Is the law and, and, I, and there's so much nonsense and and just ludicrousy going on in this country anymore. I mean, my God. That's why whenever we want to put out minerals, we'd have to go to
2: a non-CWD county in Missouri. Mm-hmm. And right. And test them out over there. And that's fine. Yeah, we got, we got guys over there. Yeah. that's where the big D's at. Yeah, because I mean,
0: we don't do it here. All of them or just the one.
1: All the big D's? Yeah, I don't no, think there's all only Missouri. one big D. That's
0: okay, right. I let the
2: like cat out of the bag. Now everybody knows where he's at. Uh, well, yeah,
1: Iron County, right? Mass
2: Exodus.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Iron County, Missouri. Ain't that right? Close. Well, yeah, something somewhere like in that. there. No, let's not give all the secrets away. He's gotta have some some privacy. Some cushion there. My yeah. lord. Oh, he's got cushion. Wear that boy down to a nothing. <laughs> you're thinking about his you're thinking of his brother. Yeah. <laughs> Fluffy. Fluffy. Yeah. Yeah. He's got cushion. I don't even know where we got off track there. I don't <laughs> know either. We run that summit yeah. right off the rail though. <laughs> he he
2: buried be <laughs> Throw the
0: switch to get us back <laughs> too on the here. <laughs> <laughs> we crashed. We did. No, I, actually, though, one thing I did want to talk about, we started talking about it earlier, was we're talking about maybe replanting your corn. Maybe. Oh, my God, we got because to. Because we had, well, for one thing, it's been dry. So what are you thinking? What happened?
1: What well, am I thinking? Yeah. Well, we, I'm looking it. your way. <laughs> if it it's way too wet earlier this spring. We couldn't get in there and work the ground and everything and plant like we needed to. With my schedule, work schedule, and Canyon's schedule, it just didn't mesh. Then, when we was finally able to get into there and do it, well, then they shut the spigot off, and there was no mm-hmm. no water to be found or bought or anything else. So, I'm thinking what we did, and this maybe you had to go with what you know. You had to plant the the seed in into the moisture to do anything I think the moisture even though we planned it the corn especially you know two two and a half inches deep probably yeah two I think the moisture got away from the corn before it actually germinated good and sprouted now the milo and the beans we planted them the same depth they all come up but it takes more moisture to get that corn and plus I was planting old corn you know, it's probably, well, he said year old corn, but I'm guessing it's probably two or three, mm-hmm. knowing the guy I got off of. But, you know, it was free, so I can't complain Not about That's your that. favorite color. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Right, I can't complain or I can't gripe about that. No. So, anyways, I think the moisture got away from the corn before it was able to actually spike up and get through. So I got about a 10% stand. I figured, yeah, it probably we
0: planted it. Just enough in the moisture where it got just enough to get started. and It then swelled up and then it died. Dried up right. and didn't get enough to yep. go ahead and
1: yep. yeah, you know, sprout. The, the beans in the model did great, except for the rabbits have attacked the beans. All <laughs> right, which we knew was going to happen yeah, based off of last year. Yeah, we know going to happen, but... Which
0: is fine. Nothing wrong with having rabbits around. No. I might get hungry one day.
1: But the corn, that, yeah, I was kind of disappointed in that. But that was... That as much my fault as far as weather conditions also. Now we've got, I went and checked tonight. I've got, since we had that inch and a half rain there last Sunday, I've got moisture down less than a quarter of an inch. And so as soon as we can get in there, as soon as Canyon gets freed up where he can, I think our best bet is just go in there and no-till that corn, re no-till it in mm-hmm, there. hmm and then by that time, it's going to be whatever happens, happens. Which also reminds me,
0: uh, in the video that's going to come out soon, hopefully, uh, I mentioned on, I think, the last Friday, uh, where we mowed your clover, and then we did the planting and stuff, the videos you took. I'll uh, put them together. Lost Mike. And I'll uh, I'll put those together and put it up. But on the, on the, the video where I was mowing, I showed and mentioned why you don't currently have the ability to come get the planner with your tractor and oh because and plant of, yours. So because it, she has four foot she I threw a shoe didn't yeah. she I don't think her. you've been on to share that since mm-hmm. it happened. Mm-mm. A little bit of a mishap.
1: Yeah, I mean Um uh, <laughs> I had the bright idea. I was gonna go out there. And it was a good idea. It worked out good. Mm-hmm. You know, I went out there with my It It with my tractor really close to working out good, yeah. With my (laughs) tractor and my implement, and I worked what uh, in your disc, yeah. My yeah, his disc, my disc, (laughs) implement, whatever you want to call it. I went out there and worked worked the whole food plot where we was going to plant, had it worked down good, actually. Leveled out, yeah, looked good. I had actually, I was on my last row. And as soon as I got to the end, I was going to raise her up and take her to the shed. Well, I got to the end, and before I could raise it up, I heard, boom, and blew the tire out. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, you were leaning. The rear tire. Yes. (laughs) The $500 tire. Of course. (laughs) And so she sat out there for a while until I got A a while?
2: (laughs) It sat out there long enough. It looked like a South Georgia trailer park. (laughs)
1: Sit out there long I enough. I wouldn't go
0: that far. You, the neighborhood watch was looking. Well, I mean, uh, sure. they was worried about it. They they were people moving cars Posting and flyers. Yeah. <laughs> start a picket line. <laughs> My gosh, they were right
1: in Congress. Yeah. We got we got it picked up. It's <laughs> not, not a eyesore riot. no more. Thank and the Lord. We got it picked up moved to the shed. So now she's waiting to get reshoed, which might be a minute or two. So it's, in blo- it's on blocks. It's just in the shed where we can't see it. Yeah, exactly. Okay. That's better. It doesn't look like a
0: South Georgia trailer park. Exactly, <laughs> man. We I don't know why we're racking <coughs> on
1: Georgia so much. Nothing against South Georgia. I've been there. I love it. Really? Yeah, except for the alligators walking through the store. But they I guess you ain't get got used to, to it alligators in South Georgia. Oh, now I beg to differ. <laughs> uh, four-legged or two? Uh, four. Okay. Well, they could have two. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they do i, I wasn't there the long walmart. enough to see if they had any snappers or not <laughs> walking but, through the walmart more yeah. questions
0: for alex next time we talk to him yeah. <laughs> yeah well we'll get him in here that'll be a lot of fun i think i had a lot of fun talking to him on that podcast uh and he well he hunts up somewhat in our area so he gets up here close enough to make the drive in no. we'll yeah, have have to, to get to, some air conditioning in here He'll melt. well, well but he might be used to
1: no that. he'll be used to it. Yeah. by
0: november it'll be cold or whenever he's in
1: here. We went down to Madisonville.
0: It ain't as bad Georgia. as the old studio. That's a fact.
1: Yeah. We went down to Madisonville, Georgia. To, we had a fan. To get a coon, coon dog one day. and Yeah. It, Did you go
2: down there with Big Al?
1: No. <laughs> I went down with Buddy Keith. Oh. But, uh, yeah. That was quite the adventure we, we had down there. Alligators walking in a convenience store and stuff yeah was it is well, a good dog it was I, I have no idea when mine
0: oh okay so i don't know if the trip to... was worth it or not
1: oh it is worth it oh, okay <laughs> not not specifically as far as coon dogs but oh, well we we'll have to... it is worth the adventure yeah we need to get down there and go to that
0: the show that rodney was telling us about what show is that Well it was in alabama right he said Oh yeah, the southern show. Now there's the dis- oh yeah the, there's the Dixie Deer Classic, which is in uh, in, in. It's Iowa. not in Iowa. <laughs> no, it's at the same time as I'm the guessing. Iowa show, and it's in Alabama. But maybe I
1: vote for that one. It's a lot warmer down there. <laughs> there's
0: <laughs> there's also one in the fall down there, and I think that's the one. And someone else it might have been Alex was telling me about. Uh, I think it'd be worth checking out. We got the Deer and Beer Fest coming up here in August. So I don't know how that all work out because I liked that show a lot, no. and I think it'll be another good one this year. But I think it'd be interesting to go down there and see, talk to some different people.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we like to fish and stuff. So I'm. They do a lot of catfish. They do there. a lot of catfishing down there. I like following on Facebook. I'm not trying to give them a plug or anything, but I don't care. I like watching Jeff and Hannah Barron. And they go, mm-hmm. they go down there all the time to the, to, they advertise that Alabama show down there, mm-hmm. and so, I'm guessing if they go down there, and some, I'm sure that the, um, realtor guys, and all of them go down there also.
0: Yeah, I think that's probably the show that waddell's at most of the time i think so i think waddell's of course he was up in nebraska or something this last past year north dakota or something like that but when we were in iowa well
1: we've seen lee and tiffany up at iowa so
0: i think and someone again what we had on recently and they all run together
1: maybe maybe
0: maybe it was clint that said that the iowa show i think it was him if you have not been to that one and you're a serious midwestern deer hunter that's a show to go to dial or show yep and i think the dixie deer classic is like that for southern deer hunters and this morning in the fall i'm not sure what the name of it is but from the sounds of it it's similar too yeah i think it'd be cool because that's a different i mean whitetails are white tails but they are different and i think it would be interesting to go down there and just oh yeah see you know and talk to those guys about what they're doing and even just talking to alex for an hour mm-hmm. and you know an hour and a half plus after the podcast it's, it interests me to learn the other ways of hunting, talking the same way I was talking to Steve from out in Pennsylvania, right? like that dude, he knows a lot of stuff about hunting those mountain bucks. It just interests me, not that I'm going to go do it, but it's just the different way to get to the same result that we're trying to get mm-hmm. to, of getting behind a big mature buck on the ground. But I think it would be cool to go down there and talk to those guys and then introduce them to the podcast in case they're ever interested in coming up and doing some Midwestern hunting too. Mm-hmm. We could uh, have a resource for some semi-sufficient information.
1: Yeah. Oh, I agree. Yeah, I'd be all for. I'd be, be all fun. for going south.
0: I'm looking forward to the the Deer and Beer Fest this year too. I think it's going to be good again. That's in August, you say? And we're yep. And we're going to be up there with uh, Luke's going to be there. Oswald that we talked to before. Uh, the I'll Radix guys are going to be up, up there. A- <laughs> okay, <sure. clears throat> I would say. That Rodney's going to be up vacation. there.
1: I have to work for you on my vacation. <laughs> Not all of them. Most of them.
2: <laughs>
0: At any <laughs> rate. <laughs> yeah. I think Rodney. it'll be good. We'll be right there in that block with those guys. So Pick your poison. Yeah,
2: you've got your uh, Rodney's there, and, and uh, is your other guy that you're talking to there too? Which Radix? one
0: is that? Radix? Yeah, he's going to be up there. We'll be in the same block as him, yeah, which yeah. is yeah. who Rodney works with. Correct. We talked him up at the Iowa show. The guy that runs that, and he's a cool guy. So we might see if we could have him on or something.
1: So you've already got a spot reserved for us. Yep, I have a deposit on Uh, us. You just told me you had to work. I said I didn't know. uh, Most likely, I'll have to because that Uh. always plays out. And that show is. I know a guy. (laughs) you? I know a woman. Wow, it's
0: even better. There you go. (laughs) Depending on what you are looking for.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well. Well, we know. We know. <laughs>
0: yeah, we know what yeah. he's talking about. Uh, That show was really good for not only getting people in and talking to, because it was pretty busy at times, but also going around and talking to the other vendors and stuff and the other people that are there, because there's, there's more downtime at that show than there is the Iowa show, so you get a little more time away from the booth, which we have kind of the luxury of anyway, because like at Iowa, we've got four guys up mm-hmm. there. All four of us are up there, so we can kind of come in and out. But... You don't want to go bother other people when they're talking to somebody at their no. booth. Trying to tell them about what they're doing or that's their That's like up there in Iowa, whatever. you yeah.
1: know. I wouldn't go talk to Easton and his dad until I knew the crowd was died right. down and stuff. Like
0: There's that. a lot more opportunity for that, like, Sunday afternoon at the Deer and Beer yeah. Fest. When we used to play the ATA show,
2: uh, when we had the shops, we would get there early. And so before the show opened, that's when you went and talked. Mm-hmm. And then they generally had... Uh, for the vendors they generally had after the show something going on mm-hmm. sometimes it was music sometimes it was just a they got that at the deer and beer bar or whatever like that and that's where that's where you make your connections uh what
0: am i what word? networking yeah (laughs) whatever's that i got i got Uh, got 15 he said he was at here Here, i'll throw networking no no no. that's a pretty simple word
2: yeah yeah the networking
0: that's where you would do that
2: amongst (laughs) the vendors so you weren't bothering them during their busy time and they weren't bothering you so
0: which at iowa you can still do that a little bit before the show but not everybody shows up that early and then that's still only a limited amount of time so if you want to go talk to a whole list of people or different people that either you know or that you want to maybe make a connection with and talk to you don't exactly have all the time in the world but i think it like up there at the deer and beer fest where maybe sunday afternoon or even friday evening late there'll be a little bit more downtime but i mean i say that there was still a real i mean there was a good crowd last year through through saturday early afternoon so yeah. i mean me and rod stayed busy talking to people it's, good. it's interesting i was like going to those and again like easton was talking about and like uh, Nate's talked about before when he used to travel around to a lot of those shows with the back in his team harvest days, you see a lot of the same people. So you get to know them, mm-hmm. you know, and you can go talk to them and I, we're definitely going to do some podcasts from up there. I already talked to Luke about it and he's going to be up there. So we're going to do a podcast with him and maybe get some of the other guys on and we'll have it, it, some podcasts from up there with those guys. That'll be good too. It is a, it is a small,
2: when I say small, I mean, it, it seems like a small group,
1: a smaller venue. Uh, no,
2: just like, the, like people, the industry. The industry, it's not a huge industry. Mm-hmm. There's, it's a huge uh, it's people. There's it's a lot a of huge people. industry, but the people, the 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 business people within the industry or whatever, that's a fairly small group of people.
0: It's not like other industries, I think, where where it's really competitive, and it's pretty cutthroat. Now there are guys, I think, that are like that. Obviously, there there's guys that are like that. There's bad eggs in it. There's guys that are just looking out for theirself. But I think where the hunting hunting industry stands out is there a lot of the people that are in it are on the same page. And they're in it for the same reasons, and they all enjoy the same things. Mm -hmm. And we have somewhat the same mindset. Now, we have different ideas and different ways we do things, but we can sit down and talk with a lot. I mean, most of the guys that are in the industry and have a good civil conversation with oh, them oh i agree and but have a make good no time mistake, they're they're cutthroat they're out there for the money some of them are that's yeah exactly but I, what i'm saying is i think the hunting industry has less of that than maybe some other industries which Agreed. is what you're talking about Agreed. so the community is a little tighter yes. and those guys that are like that word travels pretty fast yeah i mean we ain't been in this very long and we know of guys that You know, and uh, not to mention we don't want to talk to it. (laughs) We're not going to talk to it exactly. And there's guys that would you know that we definitely want to talk to at some point, just for those those reasons. But and like you said, it is a. I think that's what makes it a small seem like a smaller community because more people are on the same page than you would see in other industries. That are
2: I think it's most folks get in this business because they love it. And then they found a way to, to, to make a living doing it. I would say a vast percentage of people that are in the industry are that way. Not necessarily if you're um, a CEO at Coca-Cola. You didn't become a CEO of Coca-Cola because you like to drink Coke. Yeah. you right. know on
0: a Coca-Cola cuz you want to make a lot of money. There but
2: yeah. that and and I think that's the difference between the CEO of of uh Philip 66 versus mm-hmm. this, you know, some of these guys that are but now I'm talking about huge companies and in the, and in the hunting industry there are there are companies that are close to probably that big and those CEOs are in there to make money. I mean, that's why they're there too. Yeah, but there's a lot of smaller but even if you... Corporations, companies, whatever. Wait, 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 wait a
1: minute. Okay. You're saying I can make money for doing what I'm doing here yeah. tonight?
0: Maybe one day. Tonight,
1: <laughs> doing this? Yeah. I'm a...
0: That's <laughs> what I thought. No. <laughs> no, we do not uh, We pay for quality around here? <laughs> no.
2: Have you ever made money sitting, talking, drinking beer? No.
0: And they ain't going to start now. Okay. Uh,
1: well, maybe they should.
0: <laughs> I think even those guys that run some of the so bigger companies, though, you know the ones that got in it for the right reasons, and there's there's like a general theme amongst those guys that everybody you talk to that knows them likes them. And then there's guys that you talk to that maybe a handful of people don't like them. Or, I'm sorry, the, the guys that – a lot of people you talk to like. Maybe there's a hand people, handful of people that don't like those guys, but most of the people you talk to that really know them or have worked for them, they like those guys, and there's a reason for that because they got into it for the right reasons. And there are other people that nobody likes. I mean, maybe a handful of people do like them, but most people don't. And I think that's, it's more common to be on the flip side of that, though. where That's
1: kind of where I fall in. The, yeah.
0: <laughs> the people got into hunting industry, and most of us got into it not to make Millions, billions of dollars, but to make enough money to do it for a living, you know what I mean? And I think that's like we talked to uh, Curb, Curb's. I'm gonna butcher his name. I don't even have it down. Chris, I have no idea. Chris Krebs. Just close. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I've got it wrote down here somewhere. I'll Brian Krebs. Why I think why was I thinking Krebs? Brian Krebs. Tomato, tomato. Sorry, Brian. I didn't mean to do that, but. The He's got the Two Bucks podcast where he talks about guys that are getting into, he talks about like guys that are in the industry. He has them share their story of how they got into it. And he said the like the common theme is they all kind of came from not much and they just had this idea of what they wanted to do. They had a vision for it and they were just trying to make it in the hunting industry. And it's not to make millions, it's to make enough that they can make a living and do what they love while they're making that money, and sometimes that turns
2: into millions.
0: Yeah, and sometimes I mean, if, it doesn't. if you've got a good enough product and you're a, you know, you're doing the right things, you're smart enough about it. Sure, that could turn into the real trees and mossy oaks in the world, but still, even at at their core, but that's one of those guys that you talk to people that have worked for him and that know him, like the, they love him. There's there's got to be a reason for that, you know, and maybe there's. A handful of people that don't like him, but there's a reason that there are people that work for him that do. Sure. You know what I mean? Right, and there's absolutely. a, there are plenty of I think jerks that get to the top, and they for whatever reason they can be jerks and get there. But uh, a well, lot of you times, have, to you start have from nothing, it's hard to be a jerk and get to being a successful, as successful as they are. You have that in anything.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, not just hunting industry. Uh, it's just the way it is in life, you know. And yeah, there, I know a lot of people that's in power that I don't care much for, mm-hmm. but you know, that's just my own personal preference. But
0: yeah, well, there's a <laughs> there's also a difference between I think uh, becoming that way from humble beginnings and it being handed to you. Like in business, especially where, let's flip to politics. <laughs> I don't think. <laughs> a, oh, did you know where that's
1: where I was? Ninety percent of people <laughs> don't like
0: politicians, and that has a lot to do with it because you don't have to be a decent human being to be a good politician, right? Obviously, mm-hmm. but to be successful in a business, especially something you started out yourself, it's it's really hard to be a butthole and and get you know to where yeah. some of those guys are. I think maybe to some extent you have to be. Uh I don't know. You got you gotta be driven like like what Brian was talking about. You gotta have that vision. But that doesn't mean you have to be a jerk to to get there. Yeah. And I think a lot of times that's probably uh what keeps a lot of people from getting there. Yeah. Like the guys we talk about that we like or and we've talked to that we like talking to, pretty similar theme of our guests on the podcast, the guys that are doing it and being successful at it. They're all good dudes. Like mm-hmm. you like you enjoy talking to them. And we can sit here, we talk to them for an hour, but you know, we could talk to him for three, four hours and just cause you like talking to him, And that's, I think that's more of a common theme within the hunting industry, which is why, again, circling back to why it's such a close knit group, or at least it seems like it. Right. And there's a lot of guys out there willing to help the, the other guys come up in the industry. Whereas if you're in like, you're the CEO of Coca-Cola, you're not going to help the guy at Pepsi. Right. You know, be successful. It all comes down to being in it for the right reasons. So,
1: so what are we going to do with my food plot down there? <laughs>
0: <laughs> you ever bet that shit just went right over his <laughs> head? No, it didn't go over <laughs> my head. I just... I'm just mm. sometimes, sometimes there are smooth segues where you something comes up, that wasn't and you, can, a, yeah, that and you can transition like it's going from like you're going from fourth to fifth gear, and it just slides right in there. And then other and then times, it slides
1: into ninth. I yeah, mean, it and
0: then other times, you're in second, and you're trying to shift to third, but you knock that thing down into fourth.
1: It's like, ah, You've never obviously drove a ten-speed. Ten <laughs> well, okay,
0: then. sometimes you can skip gears and it works out okay. Exactly. Other times you catch somewhere in the middle and the clutch slips and it's a whole bad deal. Shutter down, clutch. <laughs> yeah, you got to start over. There's a clutch. <laughs> yeah, obviously not. Uh, not in the rig I drive. But they they all get the job done and we all end That's up right. in the same place. Okay, there, bandit.
1: Where were you, <laughs> yeah. so, snowman? Where was you going with that? So what are we going to do with the uh, food plot down there by? um, I don't know. What are you going to do, Hamilton County? Well, I've sprayed it, I've killed it, and uh, with the drought coming on, I don't see no reason to plant it until this fall. So I guess our best option is just keep spraying it, keep the material down. Is it all dead right now? There's some green coming back up.
0: If there is there bare dirt, I mean, can you no, see the dirt? No, there's no
1: bare dirt. Mm. Uh,
0: but everything there's dead, for the most part.
1: For the most part, I mean, there's some green starting to come back through. Sometime we're between to, we're going to have to spray it again, obviously. Sometime
0: between now and early July, if we got like a sixty seventy percent chance of rain, I would go in and broadcast some buckwheat on it, and then spray it the day you broadcast it. Spray your other stuff that's going to be dead. And then this, you won't have to keep spraying it. This fall, you'll go in and you can broadcast whatever you want to do, whether you want to do clover. Well, I want to do clover. You can broadcast your clover straight into it. And then what I would probably put there is that inner sanctum, because then you're going to have your clover, so you get yourself a good start on the clover, and you'll have that kale that'll come up even taller, take some of the browse pressure off your clover and chicory, and then you just broadcast that straight into your buckwheat, and then just lay the buckwheat down and spray it, and...
1: Yeah, see, we need, You're good to go. we need to come up with a plan with that. Yep.
0: That's what I would do. Right now, I'm not. That's basically what I'm doing at the cabin. That's a couple of, like, the client places that yeah. I've got this year. That's what I'm doing. One of them I was on today. That's what I did. I think that's the best way to do it.
1: Because I got dead material down there. Mm-hmm. But there's still some greens starting to come through now. Yeah, Last as long as I was you, down there, and I ain't been down there since the rain. I don't right. even know how much rain they got down there, if any.
0: If you broadcast that stuff before rain, it'll work down through that dead <laughs> stuff because that buckwheat's just got to be laying on top to grow like clover. Mm-hmm. So it's that's, that's essentially like planting, the farmer's planting wheat. It's just a cover crop. Right. You just broadcast right into it in the fall. That's what I would do.
1: Well, we need to.
0: And it holds moisture in the ground too.
1: We need to start thinking about doing something down there. And give
0: you some, a little bit of organic matter and whatnot. Breaks up the soil some too. So
1: Because it ain't going to be very long. We're going to wake up and it's going to be October. I know it. That's what I was
0: talking about on uh, the Friday episode.
1: For about 120 days, give or t- that li- Like I'm saying, they ain't going to be very long. <laughs> it's
0: another, last well, Friday, today, I guess, where we're recording this, when the episode came out. But just another week closer to October, or halfway through June. Sometimes about. I'll
1: start a sentence, and I don't even know where it's going. I just hope I find it along the way.
0: <laughs> I have that one saved for you. I just accidentally hit it on the board. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> that would have worked really well, just about five minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh,
1: <laughs> Talk about time delay.
0: Yeah. Cause I am. Yep. That's how professional we are. That's right. Uh, yeah. Well, you retained
1: that with the
2: segue you had anyhow. <laughs> yeah, that was <laughs> as smooth a <laughs> transition yeah. as that thing yeah. was. Yeah,
0: My goodness. Professional. Yeah. yeah. No, ready. that's what I would do. I'm gonna do that at the cabin. I got the Milo planted there. I got some nitrogen that I'm gonna put on it in Well, mm. oh, I have to go check it. They say everything I can find on the Milo, and maybe you can confirm or deny this, about the five-leaf stage, whichever stage that is when you want to put nitrogen
1: on Milo. That's when it has five leaves. <laughs> no, I'm saying I, I understand that part of it. Just off the top of my head.
0: <laughs> I don't think you, under- you understood the question, though, <laughs> or what I was saying. They're saying that stage, well, don't, no, put, don't put liquid nitrogen on chicken. No. I, no.
1: No, if you put liquid nitrogen on it, you're going to kill it because it'll burn it.
0: But they they said at the five-leaf stage, which even I'm smart enough to know, that means when there's 5 <laughs> leaves on it.
1: <laughs> you, you threw me for a curve there yeah. for a second. I
0: didn't really. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was pretty straightforward. But when it gets to that stage, that's when to put nitrogen on it. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah but like I said, don't put liquid nitrogen on it because you'll kill it. Yeah. It'll burn it down
0: so anyway I got that at the cabin I'm gonna put some nitrogen on it when it gets to that stage best
1: thing to do if you're gonna put nitrogen on that after it's emerged is to put it between the rows hmm
0: because it needs it because I'm sure it needs it I didn't follow all our normal rules that I get people doing food plots I didn't do a soil test on it mm-hmm. and it is shame a, on you. it is a new plot it's only like 40 bucks yeah I know but it's coming up what was you thinking so I wasn't clearly. Obviously, unfortunately, when you do stuff for other people for a living, and you might understand. Oh, this. now <laughs> your your stuff gets pushed off till the end, uh-huh. and you don't always have time to do soil tests or go hunting. So or anything else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why, are you bastards, looking at me for? <laughs> well, I just thought you might understand that when you do stuff for other people, your your oh, gets pushed off put off no, till the not. end. Well, so maybe, that's where I I'm at understand. on on my food plots. <laughs>
1: Lord, do I understand? Oh, now,
0: what your truck driving gets put off?
1: <laughs> truck driving, the you're, hay baling, the driving
0: you're doing for yourself, <laughs> or the hay you're baling well, no, for that your don't cattle get put off? The, it's not he for knows mine. He's
1: driving. Anyways, none of us for mine. That's
0: why I didn't get a soil test done. But then I got the other half of that that I'm going to do in buckwheat here, hopefully before this rain or during this rain if it comes down to it. And then I'll do I'll put the false stuff We're right in getting into rain. That. Well, they've changed it so many times since sometime the last Monday. July. Yeah. Hopefully sometime between now and the end of July it'll rain.
1: I don't know if I put all my eggs in that basket or not.
0: I don't even have any eggs left to put in a basket. <laughs> really? Yeah, really. You didn't get cut, did you? Well, I didn't have eggs to start with. Oh,
2: okay. Well, <laughs> I, you call them whatever you want.
0: Yeah. No, I think there's pretty specific. Oh, are they? Well, I think You're, they Well, you can identify Yeah, those. yeah. <laughs> I can identify as whatever I want. I'm still not going to have eggs.
1: Okay. If you start buying tampons, I'm going to be worried what about What the you. hell? <laughs> this ain't no tampon show.
0: <laughs> uh, no, it ain't like I've never bought them before, but they weren't for me.
1: <laughs> well, I'm talking about for you.
0: No, oh, okay.
2: Every okay. married man's done that once.
0: Yeah. Hell, you've been married three times. you never done that? Three mm-hmm. times. No, well, maybe <laughs> that's the
2: problem. Yeah. What, what's up with that? Maybe
0: you should consider... Someone You're, other than that yourself. Train,
2: that somebody <laughs> didn't run off the
1: train. <laughs> maybe yeah. I, maybe it's I'm gone. Just... I mean, we have crashed. Maybe I'd be a smart man and avoid marriage altogether. <laughs> <That'd> <laughs> <be Yeah>. off. <laughs> that would fill be off the of river bridge. Idea. The trussle is gone.
0: <laughs> yep. that's all right. That's kind of what I figured tonight would be. Anyway, with yeah. this with this crowd, like I said, Nate, you here did to not, not figure line.
2: that would come up. That word would come up tonight when we started.
0: <laughs> if I had to put money on it, I wouldn't have bet against it. Yeah. Okay. You got me there. I mean, if, if Vegas was given the odds, I'm thinking they wouldn't have been too bad.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Amongst a lot of other words you that we haven't hit. You never yet. know. You never know. <laughs> That's true. Mercy. Before we do hit them, though, <laughs> let's just wrap this thing up.
1: <laughs> we better, because <laughs> yeah. things are getting kind of crazy. Sometimes you just got to wrap it up.
0: <sighs> you got to know when to do that. Before we do get out here, though. That's a good segue.
1: Yeah. We talked about <laughs> it a, a little bit, nuance or something. Yeah. Like
0: yeah, we talked about <laughs> it a little bit earlier. Nuance.
1: I don't know. It's one of them fifty cent words he's been using. Oh, you all mean that. nuance? Nuance. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <Well>, you <laughs> added
0: letters to it. You made it more expensive.
1: I well, did not well. know what he was talking about. There. You for, said use out change. <laughs> I thought you were
0: a lot closer to nuisance <laughs> than you were at nuance.
2: Yeah, I, I wasn't sure if nature's essence, nature's essence for what he was talking about. <laughs>
0: I don't know either. <coughs> if you're looking for your own piece of nature. <laughs> Lord have
1: mercy. That
0: you want to manage I or hunt.
1: A whole different place there, too.
0: Or if you have your own piece of nature that you want to sell. Rodney Hawkins, who we talked about earlier, is the guy to talk to. Uh, he grew up hunting and fishing in southern Illinois just like us. And now he's putting that love for the outdoors into selling recreational properties as a land specialist with Midwest Farm and Land. If you guys haven't heard of them, you haven't been listening to the podcast. But aside from that... They're not your average real estate company. In 2022 alone, they sold over $85 million worth of recreational ground. They've got agents like Rodney all over Illinois, so they're really a local company with a national reach. For more info on them, on what may be on the market, if you want to get your stuff on the market, whatever it is when it comes to real estate recreational properties, you can just contact Rodney directly at 618-925-3153. He'll get you taken care of. He's also recently started a new company called rg outdoors right now they've got hard and soft-sided blinds and blind chairs all from radix blinds who we talked about earlier they've got an all-natural simulation elimination product called camo dust which we're going to try out this fall and see if it can keep jeff from getting busted by some old dough
1: i got a whole can of it right And that's by
0: busted right. by more than an old dough yeah and then we, he's got burner self-defense weapons on top of that, and he's also got Tacticam trail cameras now. So if you're interested in anything they've got to offer, if you want to keep up with them on the new products that they got coming because he's all the time working on new stuff, just send him a message to their Facebook page, RG Outdoors. You can email them, rgoutdoors at yahoo.com, or, again, just call Rodney directly at 618-925-3153. Will this keep you from being busted by the po-po, too? I don't think so.
1: Oh, okay.
2: <laughs> I, I, he did bring that in the shop. It, I'm definitely going to give that a shot.
0: I think abiding by the law would keep you from being busted by the po po, but that's just me. Our other sponsor wow. for the
1: podcast—there <laughs> well, goes that! Yeah. <laughs> oh, damn!
0: <laughs> Is Grandpa Ray Outdoors, and for some odd reason, they've been working with us for a while now. They're our longest-standing sponsor. They specialize in providing the best nutrition for white-tailed deer on your property, starting with the soil. They've got a full line of high-quality food plot seed and plant foods. They were started in 2015, but John's been in the seed and nutrition business since 1991. They've got over 14 different food plot blends to choose from, so you won't have any trouble finding what you're looking for. They've got fall and spring blends, corn and beans, switchgrass, liquid fertilizer, soil test kits. You name it, they've got it. Uh, these guys are about one too many deep. Keep going. I'm, I am. Don't worry. I'll power through. So we've used their products uh on well, some of them are on Jeff's property. We use them over there at the cabin. A lot of our own properties. Nate's used a lot of them, the Inter Sanctum I talked about earlier. Big D. Don't yep. forget the Big D's the property. Big, yeah. And we've uh we've used them on client properties all over the Midwest, the West, I mean as far east as well, out east to Louisville, Kentucky, almost down to Tennessee, northern Illinois, everywhere you've used it. Uh, they've been as good as advertised. But they're not just about selling their products. They'll also answer any questions you might have about what blends would be best for your specific property. That way you can achieve the best results possible. Like I said earlier, John and his team, much like us, don't believe in a cookie-cutter approach to wildlife nutrition. They're going to treat you and your situation individually. If you guys want to, support the podcast, support your deer herd, get yourself some good food plot seed or whatever you're looking for. Go to GrandpaRayOutdoors.com and use the discount code RHO Podcast. that's all lowercase, no space, and you get... off your entire order there. Also, don't forget to follow us on social media, Ridge Hunter Outdoors on Facebook and Instagram. We have a Facebook group now at RHO Podcast Patrons where we'll post some exclusive content. We're going to post the guests we have coming up when we can, so you can ask them questions directly. If you guys have suggestions for something you'd like to hear us talk about, whether that, whether that,
1: <laughs>
0: whether that be getting busted by the popo, whether that be trying well, uh, new things in the deer woods, whether that buying be things for your wife, tampons,
1: <laughs> whatever that may be, you guys I'm can. Look, I'm looking it. at the logo here on Camo Dust. Don't get busted. Get dusted. Yeah. Man, you can't go wrong with that. No. No, I mean. It's... You need to go out and buy a can. Yeah. So back to the Facebook group. <laughs> Sometimes I'll start a sentence, and I don't even know where it's going. All... I just hope I find it along the way. <laughs> I know Sometimes exactly I'll... where it's going. Yeah, just okay, go so the, see, that's
0: why I got that sounder for you. Anyways, they're RHO Podcast patrons, that's the Facebook group. Uh, nobody's listening at this point anyway, so it doesn't matter. That's right. <laughs> you guys can check it out uh again suggestions f- for anything you want us to talk about we may or may not take them any questions you might have uh for q a episodes anything like that's going to be in that group i'll also give you guys updates on what's going off what's going on with the podcast so like if we're missing a week uh, or if one's going to be late an episode's going to be late or something so Go check that group out. Also, our website, richhunteroutdoors.com. That's where we've got our tarsal sprays. That's where we've got our own blend of food plot seed, which we also have at Jeff's. I've got on several client properties now. I've got on uh, some other properties. Uh, If you want that, anything else you find on the website, apparel, um, you can use the discount code RHOPOD. That's all caps, no space. And you get 10% off everything in your order. Follow us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Leave us reviews there; that really helps us out as well. It doesn't even cost you anything other than a couple minutes of your life. And then YouTube: subscribe to the channel, like and comment on any of the videos. We got some new stuff coming up there with uh, Jeff's property. We got some blog, a vlog video coming out on that one soon. I'll keep you guys updated on the cabin video, and then hopefully this fall we'll have some other stuff coming up for you guys. Uh, like I mentioned on not this folder off Friday, uh, the one that just came out, but the week before. I talked about some stuff that maybe we have going on for the fall. We're going to try to do a little bit more of a traditional uh, YouTube hunting style show if we can get everything lined out. So if you're going to keep an eye out for that, the best way to do that would be to subscribe to the YouTube channel Uh, and then follow us on social as well. We'll always post about that or anything we got coming up. Appreciate you guys tuning in this week. We're going to get out of here before we really get in trouble or get canceled for some reason. Hey, man, it's been fun. Or lose a sponsor. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Anything like that. Uh, Thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll catch you again this Friday on Full Draw Friday and the next week for another regular episode.